yeah, my name is Zach, and I am here to potentially be your youth minister and to be a major influencer of this church and even scarier, your child. So, yeah, this is going to be crazy. And if that is the case, I would assume that you would care a little bit about how I preach, uh, maybe, but probably a lot about who I am and like where I come from, if that is the case. Uh, so what I'm going to try to do today is to d- talk about that, to talk about um, me, where I come from, and how I see this whole youth ministry thing happening, and then, uh, and then maybe what I, I think is uh, at the core of Jesus' message and work on the cross. So that's what I want to do, and it's a lot to talk about. I could talk about each one of those things for probably an hour, um, but I'm going to try to talk... <laughs> Very short. So that's going to be what I'm trying to do today. So we're going to talk about the core of me, the core of how I see youth ministry, and the core of Jesus. So let's get in on this. But before, I just want to pray again, just because praying's good. All right. Father, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity. I pray, pray that you will uh, just help us grow together as we try to look to you and learn a little bit more what it means to be like you. Uh, I pray that you'll just open our ears and hearts even as I'm saying for myself and for the people here. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing uh, is me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to talk about me a little bit uh, and where I come from. So we have pictures. Check this out. This is my family. Okay, I'm the middle child of five. So every single middle child stereotype, yes, uh, it's true. Uh, I try to conquer them, but it's so hard because, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's my mom and my dad, Dave and Kathy, who are right here today. Look at them. They're so beautiful. They're just wonderful. Uh, definitely the best examples anybody could ever have uh, as far as like what it means to be a Christian. They ha- and just follow Christ. They've had a lot of convictions and they've done a lot of things that seem kind of crazy to other people. Um, like have five kids and homeschool them until high school and uh, a lot of things. And he, they just know what they're called to do and what they feel like they're being led to do, and they, they've done it, and it's had some amazing fruit. We're not crazy, at least I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so then uh, go to the next picture. Okay, uh, this is my, all my siblings, okay? There's Michelle, who she's the oldest, and she has three kids, Molly, Zane, and, Ze- uh, Molly, Zane, and Dax. I thought said Zach, but that's me. Um, and she's married to a Zach. Uh, so that makes things really confusing at home a lot of times. Uh, but beautiful kids. They're crazy. They're fun. I love them. And then there is Elijah, who is a, uh, he's a pharmacist now. And he's engaged to be married in October to a beautiful woman named Glenna. And she's awesome. Then there's me. And then there is Quentin, who is, oh man, one of the coolest ever. Uh, and, and he p- tries to put out that image that he's all hard and stuff, but he's a softy, and uh, he cares a lot about people. Uh, he'll come to grips with that fully at some point, but he's still trying to, his motorcycle, he used to have a beard down to here and hair down to here, and it was, yeah, he looked like Jesus, <laughs> so that's cool. Um, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. What does it mean? To, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, my everything is coming up. And then, uh, then there's Bradley, who is one of my, uh, he's the youngest uh, child probably outdoes us all in athletics and everything cool, um, but he is uh, so much fun, and I've loved since I've graduated. I've got to come back home, and I and I didn't get to be with him 
through high school, so it was kind of cool to catch up and to hang out and to do some goofy stuff together. He likes goofy games, too, so it's pretty great. And he's going to uh, college now. He's going to play baseball in college. Uh, very good pitcher. Crazy. I tied the school record at 17 strikeouts for one game. It's crazy. And then, yeah, that's my family, okay? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's me. Okay, then a little bit about me. Oh, actually, a little bit more about the family. Okay, I, things that probably shape our family probably uh, and kind of like our pillars of what we do. There's like sports and sports-minded kind of stuff. Then there is uh, uh, a success goal, you know, know what you want and here's the steps to get there. And then uh, do what you say and say what you do. Like they, they just got to line up. And... Uh, one of those did not really line up with me, which was the sports. I played them. I was, I was decent at them. I mean, you put me out on the court, but I'm just like, it's just a game. You know, I struck out. I'm like, like, it's like, why are you smiling? It's like, I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> and people would be like, like, no, like it shouldn't be. It's like, but you said it's just a game. Why are you yelling at me? You know, and I, I would freak out. And uh, so I'm just a little bit more on the, just, I don't really care. It's fun. And... <laughs> Uh, and it's great, uh, but as far as the, the stick to uh with sports, I, I did, gave it my all, but I was, uh, I'm just a little bit more of an artsy-fartsy weirdo <laughs> uh, when it comes to things. I, I like to be goofy. I like uh, to create. I like to do different things like that. So that's um, how I didn't really match completely well. Uh, but I'm a middle, middle child, so, you know. Uh, but one other thing that made me kind of weird was I thought a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, like I dug me some holes in my brain, <laughs> and I got lost in them. I would think to myself um, and contemplate so many different things, everything. I mean, I was an eight-year-old trying to figure out, like, how I know I exist or not. Like, looking at a mirror and, like, I'm, I'm existing right now. Like, this is, this is weird. Um, and yeah, it was weird. Like you can laugh. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, but like existence, purpose in life. Why am I here? Why was I created? Why, uh, what do I need to do if I do have a purpose? But shoot, every time I kept on asking more questions, all I found was just more questions. I never really found any answers. And as I dug and dug, I found more tunnels and I would find, uh, kind of an answer to a question, but that would just split off into four different questions and, and find caves, crevices. And I, in junior high, I realized people don't really like that Zach. <laughs> I would come out and scare people with my, the stuff I find <laughs> in my brain. And um, so in junior high, I just, I smiled a lot. I tried to stand up on the surface, even though everything underneath me was so unstable. And I tried to ignore what was underneath. And I played a lot of video games. I started, I didn't want to be sad anymore. So I just, when I was around people, I just tried to be funny and bring people together and have a good time and uh, because I just wanted to ignore this as much as possible, what was underneath me. And in high school, instead of video games, I did the same thing with sports and activities. I was, oh, every single club you can imagine. I mean, and probably president and captain of all of them and sports and everything. I just said, yes, 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 yes. And I did and did and did and did. Um, but then there was a point whenever I just couldn't ignore that any longer because I have to know the reason why down to its core for just about everything in my life. I can't just do anything for no reason. <laughs> um, but I need to know why when it comes down to it. And it bugged me to the point where I had a couple close run-ins with just ending it, if you know what I'm saying with that. And it's, it's scared me because I know I'm not the only 
freak that has these thoughts, has these questions, and I started to search. I was like, I need to find a way to be not sad, really. That's kind of what it came down to. And so I made me a list, kind of like in Ecclesiastes, but everything that people seem to find fulfillment in. And I started making my way through the list. And I could go into them, and I could talk about them for days, too. Um, But none of those things will ever satisfy. I could tell you this uh, from my life. None of those, nothing of this world and of here, (laughs) tangible, that you can see, touch, feel, um, or anything of the like, will ever make you whole. Will never not make you sad. (laughs) Will never bring them back. Will never, just will never. But the last thing on my list, <laughs> I thought it was the one that I knew so well. <laughs> it was Jesus. I knew all the answers, so like that was enough, right? Um, I could, you could ask me anything. I could rattle off the Sunday school answer, you know, like, but nothing was internalized. I didn't really know. And up until that point, nobody had ever told me that it's a relationship. Up until then, it was just behavior modification and abstinence and morality and stuff like that. And so I it's like, okay, well, let's figure out what this relationship looks like. So I just kind of got back to just the core. I'd never really seen anybody do this, like, hand in hand and, like, walk with me. Like, okay, this is what this looks like, you know? So I was like, okay, what's a relationship look like? Oh, well, you, <laughs> you have a friend, you, you talk to them. <laughs> so I, I talked. I, I prayed. And then I can't, in a friendship, you can't be the only one that talks. That's just not that's just not fair. <laughs> so you got to listen. So I sat in silence. I'll just wait. And then I kind of started to realize that, you know, he's already said a thousand some pages. <laughs> might as well get to know it. Who knows, he might not tell me anything extra until I know what he's already said. <laughs> um, and it was crazy. I just started doing these things. And a couple months later, I just had no... I, did, I, f- I completely forgot that I was going through a list. <laughs> Everything about my life had just, all of my worries, all my questions, they were one by one either dissolving and being exposed for the lie that it was or being answered in the most solid, firm way possible. <laughs> it was like a, a, you know, a solid rock <laughs> that I could stand on and not worry that it's going to cave. And it was cool. It freaked me out <laughs> because I was like, wow, you're real. <laughs> Jesus, you're real. Like this is, wow. I started freaking out. And what ended up happening, I mean, from then on, it's just, God's just been kind of jacking my life up and my plans in the most beautiful way possible. I had plans, intentions, and all this different stuff. And I uh, knew I was supposed to do ministry from then on, but I ran from that. I was like, that's dumb. So, <laughs> so I stopped praying, reading my Bible because I didn't want to be any more convicted. But, you know, once God tells you <laughs> what you need to do, you're not really ever going to be okay until it gets done. So I finally, you know, got over myself. And trust me, I'm still working on that. Uh, it's a continuous process. But now I am kind of just where I am here today. I know that this is just where I need to be. But I don't know if you've ever, ever done this with your life. I know businesses and things like this do this, and probably this church uh, I know that they have. They've gone through and f- tried to figure out what are we about? What's our mission's objective? What's our purpose statement? 
all these different things. I don't know if you've ever done this specifically for your own life, but for me, I need to know why. And so this is something that I did a couple years ago. Here, I don't tell these to people, so this is, today is like the first day I've really actually said these out loud to anyone. Uh, so here's my objectives for my life. Um, I want to give my life to the bride of Christ. I want to present her pure and blameless back to him when that day comes. It's one of those things where I probably should be dead <laughs> or would be dead if it wasn't for him. So this life that he's given me, why not just give it back? And that's why, that's why, that's on my list. <laughs> Number two, I want to unite lost children with their father. I mean, children and adults, <laughs> all lost children. I, I don't want people to walk and dig on their own. I, it's, it can get scary, and I don't want that. I want to unite lost children with their father. Uh, number three, I want to lead spiritual infants into mature Christians. That's one thing that the Christian church in general, broad scope, is very bad at doing. It's kind of just a dunk them and punk them mentality. It's like, oh, sweet, you're a Christian. Good luck. <laughs> well, what does that look like? How do you go from here to, like, maturity? And I've been doing a lot of thinking and praying and seeking and and I've been discipled a lot, trying to figure out and piece together what that exactly looks like. And I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs, but, but I, want, I want to figure that process out. Number four, I want to love my family as Christ loves the church. I have my family at home, and I am going to care and love for them as much as I can when I can be there. But also, you know, if I'm here, you guys are going to be my family. <laughs> I, I, I need it. I have a very tight-knit family background. I'm going to need you and I just, I want to die to myself so that my family will live. That's what I want. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Someday that might happen. Maybe not. But I need to be faithful with where I'm at now. Then, uh, number five, I just want to preach Christ. Um, in truth and in love, I want to present the gospel of Jesus with all of its implications. I want you to know that because Jesus did this, this is the way you live. This is the way you serve. This is the way you walk. That's what I want you to know. That's what I want to have on my lips when I speak. Uh, and so that's at the core of me. Those are my objectives. That's me now. And trust me, I, there's a lot of things <laughs> that didn't get mentioned. And I would love to talk to you at some point and maybe get to know you and hear your story. But I can talk more in depth. And I can talk for days um, about just my thoughts and directions and where I've been taken from and where I'm at now. Um, but that is me. So number two out of the cores is the core of how I see youth ministry. Um, ever since I've started on this path towards youth ministry, I mean, I've had people that I don't even know <laughs> come up to me and like, I don't know what you're thinking about doing, <laughs> but that was dumb. <laughs> This is what you need to do. <laughs> like, it's just, it's way too obvious. And I kind of look at my life and ev my upbringing, just everything, little tidbits of everything of my life. And, like, it's just kind of, before that didn't make sense, but now it does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, so here's some things that if this is, you know, a good fit, and I am here for a bit, uh, here's some things I need you to know. I need you to know these things, okay? Um, number one. 
Uh, I don't know where it's at. Yeah, okay, there it is. Number one, I don't see youth ministry and big church as two different things. It's, it's dumb. Um, I know we can have our own party and have a good time and great, but youth ministries are typically very stereotyped, uh, stereotyped as in uh, we have fun and we have a great time and we learn about Jesus and then you graduate and then send them over to big church. And it's like, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know why you do what you do. And I want to do my best to bring those two together. Uh, I want, by the time they graduate, to be fully functioning servants to the bride. You know, like it's just what, I, what I'm hoping for and what I'm praying for. And the second thing is I want to build and edify both. I mean, youth and adults. That's just what I want. Um, but then the second thing is, I am one person. One. There's one of me up here. One. And uh, I don't... Jesus had 12 disciples. And I'm not Jesus, so I don't even know if I can do 12. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I want more than 12 kids <laughs> coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Right? So what that means is I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. The kids need you. They need you to be there for them. They need you to love them. They need you to to take them out to eat and listen to them. And you might say, I'm too old. They don't like my advice. Uh, I just don't really fit in. Well, they don't like your advice because it's right. (laughs) You have, like, wisdom. (laughs) They don't really agree with that sometimes. I know me, I have a hard time agreeing with it. Um, to, to think, like, 10 years from now, that's going to affect me how? Like, but it's now, you know, YOLO, right? That's old. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, YOLO. No, that's dumb. Uh, so, yeah, like, they need you. Like, I, I need you. <laughs> um, we all need to come together to bring up these students. And then uh, the third thing is the fact that, that I am not their parent. You are. <laughs> um, you're the, their parents, and I'm your number one fan. Um, it's not me against you. It's me supporting you as you teach and train your child in the way that they should go. You know, youth ministry actually isn't a biblical position. You know, you can't see that in the Bible. Um, from what it sounds like, it's the parent's job to, to do that. Hello? And I, I mean, I will, I mean, I would love to, p- to pray with your children, and, and, I, and I will do that, but I would love even more so for you, for you to do that with your children. I would love to teach and model Christ, and I will do that, but I would love even more so for you to do that, and I want to be there for you as you do that, and if you need help and support and whatever I want, I want that. Because if I look through my past, if even if I look at whenever I was in high school, the ones that stuck to their faith are the ones with solid Christ-centered families and parents that modeled that or the ones that hung around those families a lot because not everybody has that and you can be that for so many so many kids um, and even me like I'm not a parent um, so modeling what a what a family should behave and function and look like knowing how parents should interact with each other I can't model that and a lot of kids don't know what that looks like, and that's where you guys can come in 
and bring them in and put them under your wing. And then lastly um, is I am a young buck. I've <laughs> this is my first rodeo, and I'm going to make mistakes. Sadly, I, I, I will make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't know how everything should exactly be, but um, I'm hoping to just be humble enough and to be upfront enough and to be able to communi- communi- communicate and just own my, my fail- failure. If that happens, I just need to, just to tell you guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't need to run and hide from my failure. I just need to be real with it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to fail. It's <laughs> a great point to end on on that section. Fantastic. Okay, then lastly, Jesus. Okay, the core of Jesus. Uh, this is where I actually get to preach. All that is cool, but this is probably the most important. Okay, how many of you guys want to be like Jesus? Yeah? Sweet. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. And that's what we all are. I mean, he is our Lord. He is our King. It's what we do is we, we, follow, we follow him. <laughs> so many times, though, in our lives, we, we don't look at what... A lot of times we can be a lot more about ourselves than what we think. We want to blaze our own trail. We want to come up with new ideas and do it our own way. We want, we want to build our own kingdoms and... And that's just not it. We have a pioneer, somebody who has gone before and paved the way and showed us the way of how we ought to live. And that's, and that's Jesus. So we need to be very particular and very stringent in the sense, I mean, of trying to figure out how our lives can line up with Jesus's. What does it really look like for us to pick up our cross and follow, follow him? So, I'm going to suggest that the concept that will bind us more closely as we gaze upon Christ and he's at the center of our soul's vision, that, that this concept is grace. How do you know what's at the core of someone? I would maybe suggest that that would be you look at what they do and you listen to what they say. And if those two line up, you know what, who that person is. You know what they're about. It's whenever what they do and say don't line up, they don't match. That's whenever people get very difficult to be around, to put trust in, to be friends with, and whatnot. But Jesus, what he did and said were the same. One thing that he was very famous for saying was the Sermon on the Mount. So if everybody wants to open up and go to Matthew 5. Okay, we have a list of things here, a sermon that goes against every single bit of our nature, our human nature, our American nature, everything, because what we have is a world where it's the opposite of this. If you want to build your kingdom, if you want to be the best you, you can't be poor in spirit, you can't be uh, uh, meek, you can't mourn, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay strong, you got, you can't uh, be merciful all the time. I mean, sure, that's what we're supposed to do, but, but not all the time. There's circumstances where you can't. Uh, peacemaking, uh, some, uh, yeah, we want to make peace. We want to make sure everything's okay as long as it's like our way, but if not, we can, you know, 
niche people out of our lives if need be. Uh, we don't need to keep them in our, in our world. We live in a world where it's okay to think whatever we want as long as we don't act on it. And if you do act on it, you know, like if it doesn't affect or bug anybody else or it doesn't hurt anybody, then it should be okay. We have things where we can lie, deceit, when we try to make O's. <laughs> it's okay for our yeses to be yes sometimes and no's to be no's sometimes. An eye for an eye. Yeah, that's the way it rolls. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You talk behind my back, I'm going to talk behind your back about how you're talking behind my back. And that's the way we just naturally go. It's, it's the rut that we just always go into. And we need to get out of that rut and get on the, the road of Christ. So here's, I think, I think the main op thing that I can point out and how all these things are united Okay, each one of these things, you could put grace in all of these things and you would get the same answer. Okay, all these circumstances, okay, murder, adultery, uh, enemies, eye for an eye, O's, you put grace up there. Okay, this concept that I'm going to try to talk about and pull from loving, the, loving your enemies section in verse 43. And everything, you, you, you can apply that to anything, any aspect of life. Okay, so let's read this together. You have, heard it, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of the Father in heaven, because the, the sun rain, the sun, hmm, just a moment, just brain, just okay, I'm back. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, because he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are, you not, e- are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you greet one and only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore your Father in heaven is perfect. So often we just like those who like us. We give gifts to those who give gifts to us. We treat those who treat, treat us well. And it's the same on the flip side. If somebody gives us hate, we give hate back. It's just what is deserved. If you give me a gift, you deserve probably a gift back. If you hate me, you deserve to be hated back. And it's this concept of what you deserve that needs to be switched. Because grace, if you've heard a lot of, there's a lot of ways that can be described and answered, but a lot of times the definition that comes down to is an undeserved gift. And it's really easy to give an undeserved gift to someone that's neutral. But what about when they're your enemy? What about if they're the ones that made fun of you when you were growing up? What about if they're the ones that has caused a lot of pain? What about if the person that manipulated you into thinking the way that you think now? What about if it's the person that's hurt you? What about if it's the person that's beaten you? 
lied to you? What about if it's that person? Because what they deserve is your hate. But what Jesus is saying, you give them love. They deserve hate, but you give love. Don't hate your enemies, but love them and pray for them. That's crazy. It's not the Zach Hershey way. It's not the American way. But it's Jesus' way. So Jesus talked about this a lot. And we can look at it and be like, that is ridiculous. We can't do that on, that's, that's impossible, living up to that expectation. But we have a Savior who did, and he paved the way, and has power beyond anything that we can imagine. And he raised from the dead, giving us power to do this, to live this kind of life. Because he walked it first. Turn to Philippians 2, if you can. Or you can just listen. Paul here is talking about loving one another. <laughs> Not really even bringing up the enemy thing. He's talking about loving one another. It's almost as if, <laughs> it's like, if you, if you compare the two, uh, you can have this idea of like, whenever an enemy comes, yeah, I will definitely love them. But if you're not loving and putting this grace concept with the people sitting next to you, your families, the people that are closest, you'll, you'll never do it whenever an enemy comes. He's saying we need to love one another. It says, and in verse 3, starting there, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider other, others better than yourself. Each of you should look not to the, your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as Christ. Your core should be the same as his. Who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't need to sit on his own throne, but he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. And that's the path that Jesus took. He had his, I mean, Jesus is the word that was spoken that created everything. He's been here f- for eternity and he saw us and we made, I mean, we sinned, we messed everything up and what we deserved was, was pain. What we deserved was punishment. What we deserved was hell. But Christ stepped down from his throne and came onto earth and he loved us when we deserved pain. And then guess what that led to? It led to him dying. We killed him. We beat him and mocked him and abused him and put him on a cross. And I can only imagine what we deserved then, but still he gave Love. He raised death, conquering all that we have done, 
all the sin, all the pain, this pattern that we keep on going, this rut that we are stuck in as humanity, and say, there is a different way, and it is my way, and I will give you power to do so. So with any of these circumstances, any of these life situations you're in, any amount of hate, hatred, uh, lies, deception, manipulation, uh, whatever you're dealing with that is conflict in your life, what you can do is you can take those things and apply grace to them. You can take those things and step where Jesus stepped and walk down the road he walked and you can die on the cross that he died on because that is what we are called to do. When people deserve hate, when they deserve your hate, you give them love. Father, I want to thank you so much for conquering this pattern of sin and death that we're tied up in. And we do not want to be overcome by evil, but it can be very difficult. It can, it can, it can wear us down. but we know that you have given us the power to live this impossible, perfect life that you demonstrated. You've given us the power to give love when people deserve hate because we know what we deserved. We know which we were saved and we can only express that on which we were given to other people. Father, be with us. Guide us. Give us wisdom because these things are hard. Be with us as you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen.